Coming up today on Guts, Grit, and Great Business. It is time to make the decision. Come on down to the altar and make that decision that you are going to be a conscious millionaire. And I assure you of one thing with absolute honesty, if you make that decision, you can do it. Because the decision is the biggest part of all this, because it changes your view of possibility. It starts changing your identity. You know, and if you just start identifying, I'm a conscious millionaire and I know I'm going to get there. I guarantee you that if you stay on that path and you persist, you will get there. But you have to make the decision. The adventure of entrepreneurship and building a life and business you love, preferably at the same time, is not for the faint of heart. That's why Heather Pierce Campbell is bringing you a dose of guts, grit, and great business stories that will inspire and motivate you to create what you want in your business and life. Welcome to the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast, where endurance is required. Now here's your host, the legal website warrior, Heather Pierce Campbell. Oh my God, it's so scary. Oh, hilarious. All righty. Welcome. I am Heather Pierce Campbell, the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington, serving online information entrepreneurs throughout the U.S. and the world. Welcome to another episode of Guts, Grit, and Great Business. We are back today with our guest, J.V. Crum III. Welcome, J.V. Hey, Heather, and listen, a big hello to everybody out there, because I am so excited to be here. And, you know, I love podcasting because it connects with so many people and it provides great information for free. Right. Yeah, it plants so many seeds and helps so many people. And I'm all about impact. So it's a wonderful thing, you know, to have a podcast, to be on your podcast. So uh, I'm just grateful to be here. Oh, so fun. Well, JV, if you did not hear my first conversation with JV, go back and visit the podcast page at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. Um, I can't remember. I'll have to look up what episode number you were, JV, but we had a fabulous conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I remember thinking, we've got another conversation (laughs) to have. So here we are. It took a little bit of finagling. And, and and folks, I just want to say, in case you're listening, you know, audio, we were not drinking. I want to confirm that. Absolutely. <laughs> and and I think we'd probably get along so well because we should tell everybody I'm also a licensed attorney, you know? And That's right. Licensed attorneys think in certain ways. They do. They do. Many of us do. We're guilty, guilty of it, guilty as charged. But we're going to analyze it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We had like a 40 minute conversation even before going live. So just so you know the backstory. Yeah. It was Uh, just to get prepped up. Well, we had to put more gas in. You know, (laughs) (laughs) we did have to put more gas in. Oh, my goodness. So true. So clean energy gas. That's what I want to point out. Yeah. Clean energy gas created from electricity. It's true for both of us. And here we are coming at you again today. For those of you that don't know JV, JV is the founder of ConsciousMillionaire.com the world's number one identity multiplier expert. He helps entrepreneurs multiply what they think and achieve is possible. He is a speaker, coach, 
futurist and investor. JV is a 34 times number one international best-selling author and creator of the Mindset to Millions event. He hosts the Conscious Millionaire Show for purpose-driven entrepreneurs who want to get rich changing the world. In its, I think, almost ninth season, right? We're rounding into the... Ninth season, 3,500 episodes on our 10 shows, and um, we're heard by... We've been heard by over 17 million listeners in 190 countries. But That is yeah. amazing. Well, welcome to JV Crumb the Third. Welcome, JV. Well, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Well, and you and I have connected several times, actually, between our first conversation and now. And so I've had the chance to get to know you a little better. Super grateful you're here today. I know that recently, like you had a, a fall, you've been in recovery mode. So I'm, I'm a... I, I was hiking two weeks ago and had a a bad fall. <laughs> a yeah. bad fall. And I um yeah, stitches. Um I'm still healing from that. I've got a concussion. Right. I you sweep, had some sweep, angels sweep in and drive you yeah, to the two hospital. People, woman gave me her shirt to sop up the blood, and there's no other way to call it. And her husband drove my Jeep to the emergency room, mm. which is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, my level of gratitude the first week really I canceled everything because I was couldn't even do any work. And now I'm doing it half time while yeah. I heal. But I just was in a state of deep gratitude mm. that these people helped me. And I it wasn't until two days later laying in bed that I realized because I do a lot of hikes alone. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the quintessential, you know, individualist. Well, and you live in a beautiful area, right? In, I Colorado. Live in Colorado. I live yes. in Colorado. Uh, but I realized had I been alone, I probably would have just uh, um, passed Perished. out and, 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 and bled out uh, is... because they took care of me uh, because I, I don't think I don't think I would have made it if I'd been alone. Mm. And I've done some really treacherous hikes by myself and never thought, well, I mean, this was just something I came around a corner and I'd been in this hike where I was having to go over two foot trees that had fallen and I was just a slightly off balance. And I think what happened is my foot hit a root and I'm going, well, gosh, I've been up some pretty switchback trails that it would have been easy for a rock to slide underneath my foot and my head go down and bash it. And I'm, I'm going, well, that's something to consider <laughs> for right. for the next uh, hiking is maybe you shouldn't go hiking alone like that. Oh my you know? gosh. Well, right. Uh, I know. Hindsight is 2020. You look back at these all these other times, right? That you were hiking yeah. oh, or did I certain could have. things. I could have. I know. Well, so grateful that people were somewhere along I that know. hiking path with you. Yes, that's huge. And so grateful that you're here today. I know that when we first connected, we had a lot of um, interesting topics that we covered. And I was particularly interested at the time because you are a futurist. And I think we dug into that a little bit in our first conversation. But I wanted to hear more because you work in a space like I do with a lot of entrepreneurs that are growing and building their businesses. And um, in particular, you've got a body of expertise around mindset. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'm working on my next book, Conscious Millionaire, Your Seven Money Mindsets. And it's really about creating a limitless mindset. That's what I work with mm. people on. 
mm. is how to create a limitless mindset where you never reach the definition, the, the, the destination, sorry, of limitless. It's a limitless milestones, limitless milestones. So you reach a level and that's the kind of client I love working with. It's like somebody who says like, oh, I want to get to 5 million or I want to get to 10 million or 50 million, but then that's it. And I go, I'm, I'm lost. Like, why wouldn't you keep expanding? Because the more you expand, because as much as it's conscious millionaire, but it starts with conscious, it starts with impacting the world, mm-hmm. impacting other people, uplifting the consciousness of the planet. You know, it's the kind of people that I work with. They really want to make a difference in the world. And I go, well, the financial results in that kind of business, if you look at business from that standpoint, it's really about impact creates the money not you're focused on money. If you wake up in the morning and you're really focused just on the money, I think you're you're making a mistake. If you wake up in the morning and you go, how can, who is it I can make this kind of impact with? And that impact is the program that you want to sell. That's fine, you know, because you're going to get this great uh, result uh, where what you're going to get paid will be even greater when you're focused on creating a greater impact. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that at some stage of every entrepreneur, uh, and it's one of the things we're doing this year, is massively up-leveling who we work with. Mm. Because you actually have an opportunity to make a bigger level the more someone wants to create a big vision and result. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, there. I'd be so curious on your thoughts between... Folks that have quite an expansive vision, like, you know, they're geared towards growth, they want to have an impact, all of these things. But what is the difference between, you know, folks that are kind of on the path doing the work to to make some big leaps versus those that are truly seeking limitless expansion? How do you yep. how do you describe what the difference is? Well, I think you first have to start with the foundation of who's an entrepreneur. And I think an entrepreneur is a person who's innovative and creative and resourceful and really likes organizing things. If you're an entrepreneur, you've got to love systems, putting groups together, you know, finding the right people to be on the team. That has to excite you or you really are not going to be successful. And here's a factor that because it's conscious millionaire people, you know, sometimes a uh, are really just focused on the conscious part Mm. and they actually aren't entrepreneurs. And so there's a way for everyone to find their place in life. But if you really aren't focused on money at all, you aren't focused on building an organization. If those don't excite you, then, then guess what? You're actually not an entrepreneur. Now, maybe you belong in some particular position and it might be in a nonprofit. Or it might be in a in a uh, an impact driven business, but you don't actually want to own it. Yeah, right. And that's fine. I think it's about you finding your path. I work with entrepreneurs because those are the people I resonate with. Because I think I was an entrepreneur at age four when I was uh, putting up a pup tent and squeezing tangerine juice into egg cartons because we were really poor so we just saved the egg cartons and i charged a dime which was actually a lot of money 
and I put my pupkin up where I was going to uh, be able to encounter, I somehow at age four had figured out that the people in high school had jobs and right. therefore they had money and they could pay me my dime. And I sold my tangerine juice for a dime. I was the only kid in the little town I grew up with who went around. I sold candles. I sold cards. I called, sold ball peanuts by nine. I had the, the only, there was no adults who had a lawn mowing business. I had no competition. And I went around to everybody's house and asked them if I could mow their lawn. Mm. Right? Yeah. So and, it started uh, early. So I think, I think I was an entrepreneur from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. At school, I would make little things and take them to school and sell them at recess. <laughs> oh, it's so interesting because, you know, I feel like there are definitely multiple pathways into entrepreneurship, but I love hearing from people where it was just a part of them, right? It was just part of who they were, how they but thought that's about a, things. That's a, that's a mindset. And so let's talk a, a bit about mindset and I'll tell you... Um, my story. So I grew up in this little town, two or 300 people. Nobody had any money. When we went to the grocery store, I was an only child. So didn't have any siblings. My mom you know, had to drag me along. I'm five. And she'd give me a lecture not to ask for a candy bar. And she'd explain to me like I was an adult. She goes, now you're not going to ask for a candy bar because we don't have any money. Mm. Right. So by the time I was five, I was clear we didn't have any money. Right. There was a reason I didn't have uh, all kinds of stuff because we didn't have any money. And one day I asked myself, well, what's the solution to this? Bang. Into my mind comes, I know. I'll grow up and be a millionaire. And I ran in the house and I told my parents and my mother shook her finger at me. and She says, don't you tell anybody. And of course, uh, I, I was one of those um, aggressive little kids. So I went around knocking on doors to announce to people I was going to be a millionaire when I was going to grow up, right? And I don't think anybody believed me, but it didn't bother me because I had already made my decision. So there's a lot of things in that story. First of all, I made a decision that there was more possibility than I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And not only was there more possibility, because I I got that idea because I'd watch television and, you know, and they had sitcoms about rich people or dramas about rich people. And they were living in like these big houses and had chauffeured limousines. And I'm going, we don't live like that at all. It's not, we're, we're in the wrong. I used to think the stork had taken me to the wrong house. I'm going, I know I'm supposed to be rich and I do not know what I'm doing in this house with people who don't have any money. <laughs> But I made it, and not only did I decide it was possible to do that, but without any evidence whatsoever, I decided it was possible for me. Mm. And so the moment I did that, and I'm talking about the different mindsets you have, I started to change identity. Mm. I never once, between that moment and when I became a millionaire at 25, I never once questioned that it would happen. Not once. I knew it was coming. I didn't know how. And I think that's a very important part of the story. If you have not made a decision, I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist for, for conscious millionaire and for building your business and making your difference and getting wealthy. 
If you have not made this decision before today, you are listening for one reason. It is time to make the decision. It's time to come on down to the altar and make that decision (laughs) that you are going to be a conscious millionaire. And I assure you of one thing with absolute honesty, if you make that decision, you can do it. Because the decision is the biggest part of all this, Mm. because it changes your view of possibility. It starts changing your identity. You know, and if you just start identifying, I'm a conscious millionaire and I know I'm going to get there. I guarantee you that if you stay on that path and you persist, you will get there. But you have to make the decision. Yeah, that's the first piece. Right. No actions change if you haven't decided. Right. Nothing in the follow up action is going to change if you have not yet made the decision. At eight, I was drawing floor plans on little you know, pieces of paper. I'd never been in a mansion, folks, of a mansion. Now, it's fun because I still remember, I wish I had those. But I remember, I remember the floor plans because uh, from the eyes of an eight-year-old, life looks different. There were no bedrooms because I didn't like to go to bed. And, and folks, at eight, I did not know there were other things to do in a bedroom. So (laughs) I'm thinking, those are useless. We won't have any bedrooms. We had three dining rooms, one for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because I knew I liked to eat. (laughs) And in a traditional mansion, you'd call it a ballroom, but we had this huge playroom because I wanted a bunch of toys to play with. (laughs) And what's funny is we grew up on a lake, four four by five mile lake, beautiful place where I grew up. But I coded since everyone was poor, that poor people lived on lakes and rich people had swimming pools oh. so in my mansion there was this huge swimming pool with cabanas and everything so we had a kitchen three dining rooms playroom um and we had a big pool because that would prove that i was rich and didn't have to live on a lake like <laughs> poor people <laughs> didn't have to live on a lake oh my gosh that's the favorite part my favorite part of this story um, you would get along well with my children. So, th- of course, like so many other little kids. Because I'm childlike? Because <laughs> you're childlike and because they're doing right now what you did at age really? eight. Or, yes. So, and, and my son, you know, and I have no idea what the future holds for these kiddos. I hope it's something awesome. But they have really big ideas and I've never quashed them. I don't want them to think for one second that whatever they want is oh, not possible. Absolutely. Because it is possible. Because it is possible. And I know that it is. And you know, and I want them to live from the experience of it's possible. And I'm just gonna hold that in. And so the the funny part of the story is we're walking through restoration hardware. There's a shopping center mm, close to yeah. us. And sometimes on rainy days, we're in Seattle. I have to get my kids out of the house to get Wiggles out. And I need a place I can go where little feet can be busy and we're not necessarily getting sopped. And so we'll go sometimes walk around this big outdoor kind of shopping area. And then we were going in Restoration Hardware. They've got stairs, like four flights of stairs, right? I'm thinking this will be perfect. We'll poop little kids out on walking these stairs. And do you know what my kids say to each other? Because they talk like this all the time. Aiden says to Henley, "Um, Henley, we're going to have stairs like this in our house when we grow up, you know, and there's like these amazing chandeliers and Henley's like, yeah, and we're going to, we're going to have that light. 
you know, and they talk about their Pomeranians. Like they have this whole visual. And every time we go kind of extravagant, extraordinary places, we're going to have this in our house when we grow up. You know, they're mapping it out. Here's a great story. So we didn't have any money, but my dad became governor of Florida Corners, which was a big deal. And so we got all these trips paid for. And one of them, because there was an international Qantas convention in New York when I was eight, and it was when they had the World's Fair there. So I got to go to Radio City Hall. I got to go to the World's Fair, changed my view. But here's what really is interesting. We stayed in uh, what was called the Americana. It's now gone, but it was like like one of the top hotels. And we had a phone in the bedroom and a phone in the bathroom. <laughs> now, to give you a perspective, uh, out in Luwaklawaha, we had what was called an eight-line party party line. Folks, you probably don't know what that means. Eight houses shared the same phone line. You had a f- one phone in each house, and if you wanted to make a phone call, you have to pick it up and ask somebody to stop the call so you could make a call. You had to negotiate to even be able to to make a call. And so when I got my beautiful four-story home, I had eight phones. Three of them were in bathrooms, including the powder room, right? And people would come over as if I did not know. And they go into this fancy wallpaper and all this, and here's a phone. No, it's not one line, it's two lines. Oh, yeah, I want to be able to make two calls at the same time. And so um, people would come out and they go, JV, do you know? And they they were on the wall and everything. So they go, JV, do you know that there's a phone in your powder room? And I'm going, yeah, I paid for it to be put in. I I put put it there. I even had a phone out by the hot tub. I'm going, I'm not. But this was like right before we all have iPhones now. But we didn't have those when I did the house. And so I I had an office phone system put into my house because of staying in that hotel and having a phone in the bathroom. I was so impressed with it. I remember saying to myself, just like your your, your children, I'm going to have one of these when I grow up because that showed me I had I kind of made something uh, because I had all these phones. (laughs) And and now it's kind of funny because nobody has a landline. (laughs) Oh, it's so much fun to hear what sticks out in children's minds, right? All right, let's pause for a moment and hear from today's sponsor. Are you an entrepreneur who is on track to make a million or more in revenue this year in your business? If so, your business is likely facing a host of legal issues that are ripe for support. And if you are like so many of my clients at this level, You are likely tired of taking unnecessary risks and a DIY approach to legal support in your business. You're ready to tackle the mess of legal documents, fix legal gaps that you have. You want to take care of your IP, your clients, your business, and avoid unnecessary conflict and risk in the process. If this is you, and beyond just being an entrepreneur, you are a catalyst and are committed to your mission and your impact in the world, I invite you to get in touch. You could be a fit for my Catalyst Club, a small business legal support program that I designed for my high-level clients just like you. 
You can find out more at legalwebsitewarrior.com. Just click on the work with me tab to learn more about the Catalyst Club and other ways that I support my clients. A fabulous group of world-changing entrepreneurs, I might add. You've done the initial legwork in your business and now you want to soar. And you know that you can only go as high and as far as your legal foundation lets you go. So get in touch today, hop over to legalwebsitewarrior.com, click on the work with me tab. And if you have any questions, get in touch through the contact link on my site. I look forward to connecting. It would be a joy to support you on your path. But it's all about transformation and it's owning a future that's different than today. And that's exactly what entrepreneurs do. In fact, entrepreneurs have a same skill. I worked, uh, I always have a double master's in clinical and testing psych. So I worked in a closed unit with severely psychotic patients for a year. Mm. And there's something very similar between entrepreneurs and psychotic people. (laughs) And here's what it is. Both of them have these amazing visions of the future. Mm -hmm. There's only one difference here. The psychotic has a grandiose delusion that never comes true. The entrepreneur has this vision of something that most people don't think is possible. Maybe it's never been invented before, or they're going to do it on a scale or in a way different from other people, or they're just going to do it at such a high level that most people would think, well, nobody normal could do that. Mm-hmm. So this person can't do that. You know, they don't they don't seem to have angelic wings or something. Uh, but we do. Entrepreneurs dream dreams that don't yet exist, and we bring them into reality. That's mm-hmm. what entrepreneurs do. Yeah. And it's- nothing could be more exciting to me than to help people do that. Well, right. Especially when that energy and focus is funneled in the right direction. Yes. Uh, yes, because the, there is a qualification to work for me, yeah. with me. <laughs> and you have to want to create a big vision that makes a difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. You have to want to change the world in a positive way. I think that's what we're all on the planet to do. And and when each of us does our part, we're uplifting the world in a way that benefits everybody else. And then when other people are doing that part, they're uplifting the world in a way that benefits us. That's yeah. how we get a better world. We all have to play our part. And in the next 20 to 30 years, which is a time period that I'll be working with entrepreneurs and making this kind of difference, I think that's going to usher in a whole different world that's much mm-hmm. more positive energy where people are building services, creating products that truly make a positive impact on people's lives. And we move from how do we market something that nobody needs to how do we market something that changes someone's life? That's the commerce that I support. That to me is the new way of building businesses. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think for so many of us that work with conscious entrepreneurs committed to a path of really improving the lives of everybody that interacts with their business, right? Themselves, their employees, their support people, who, however they run their business, their, their clients, their, anybody that a, a conscious business touches 
Like it can be a win, win, win. And I think for so long, people were sold this idea that not everybody can win. Yes. Well, and you know, we're sold that from playing this little game called musical shares, right? So musical chairs is based on there's not enough. There's not enough. It's based on scarcity, yes. not limitless abundance. It's at the other end. Of course, mm-hmm. what you learn is that only one person gets to win in the end. Limitless abundance, which is what I teach in a very practical, how do you build a business this way? Everybody wins. Yeah. And by everybody winning, you, others, all the stakeholders, the share, shareholders, but the people who are your suppliers, your employees, all your clients, And then the world in turn is winning. And when everyone's winning, everyone wins bigger because there's something called synergy. Yeah. Yeah. And so one win, one win influences another win, influences another win. And now it's just moving out, not like a ripple, but like a tidal wave. That's my vision of businesses that I help is how do I help them become a tidal wave? Mm. That's exponential. So it's not linear growth. It's like in the six months out, you're going to be growing more than you did three months out. In 12 months out, you're going to be growing faster than you did six months out because there's an exponential curve going on here. And that comes from starting with a mindset of possibility. Right. The right beliefs. A mindset in which you change your identity about who you are. And when you change your identity about who you are, really anything is possible. Mm. What when you're doing your work with your clients around mindset, right? And we we talked yep. even before we went live that that although you connect the inner work to the outer work, right? The real nuts right. and bolts of like how you apply this stuff in business, most of the work that needs to be done is the inner work. It's, exactly because what I I'm an essentialist, so I have, you know. I don't care what size company you have. I think there are only three kinds of problems and therefore there are only three kinds of solutions. It's a mindset. And oftentimes it involves two or even three of these. It's a mindset problem. It's a strategy problem or it's an execution problem. Mm. The problem is most business books are only talking about the external, so they only have two places to work. Strategy, they may or may not call it that, and execution, which also can be called systems. Those are the externals. And as I say to people, you may need to redo your sales funnel. That may be true. But until you redo your interior, you're not going to build the next level of sales funnel because you're still going to see things the way you see them. And therefore, you're going to construct your business, even if you change what a lot of people do is they go to somebody who's a business coach about the external. And they'll build a new funnel, let's say, and they change the words, but it's the same level. It's no Mm -hmm. higher functioning than it was before. They just change the words because they're still seeing it the same way they were seeing it before. But when you do mindset work, you're changing the way people think. Yeah. Think about themselves, think about possibilities, think about what their company can do, think about what their team can do. And all of a sudden they start seeing things totally differently. But until you change your thinking, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna essentially get the same results. And that's why people will may maybe get a half million or million or five million, but they stay there forever. You know, I'll have people come to me and say, 
oh, well, you know, we're having 10 to 20% growth. And I'm, I'm going, well, why would you be happy with that? Why don't you want to have 50% or 100%? Because all of that's possible. Mm-hmm. You just have to reorganize yourself and reorganize your business for hyper growth. And if you decide that's the only thing, I had a guy, who, uh, worst worst person who ever worked for me, so I won't mention his name, uh, but he worked for me early on in Conscious Millionaire. And um, I didn't know anything about creating landing pages. He was creating landing pages. And, uh, you know, he was quoting, quoting to me, he goes, well, you know, if we get 20% conversion, we've done really well. And I looked at him and I said, Perish the thought. We're going to get 50% or better. Do you know, Heather, every landing page that I create and I use lead pages for it, and even they tell me I can't do this, I always get more than 50% conversion for my giveaways. More than 50%. Why do I do that? It is not because I am the best headline or copywriter, although I'm decent. I do that because I've decided that's what's possible and I won't accept anything less. So Mm. if I get less, I go, oh, got to change a color or something because we're supposed to be at 50%. So that's normal for me. Mm. Now, if you change your mind about all that kind of stuff, about all the different elements of how you're going to build your business, as opposed to listening to people tell you, well, statistically, that's what he told me, this is what you should expect. I go, well, that's not what I want. Yeah. Right. So I'm not I'm not willing to settle because that's what people are really doing. Let's call it what it is. If you're not achieving at your highest and your highest and your highest and your highest, your more limitless self so that every six months you're in a new place, you're actually settling for less than who you really are. And I help people stop settling. That's what I help them do. And I help them dream big and get the big dreams. In Mm -hmm. in a simple way, that's what I do for a living, is I help them decide that they're going to dream big and that nothing less than that big dream is acceptable. Mm. So if you're getting less, we got to change some variables. And most of those variables are how we're thinking inside or how we're identifying or what we think is possible or what we are looking at in terms of the opportunities. Because if you have a small lens about possibility, you will only attract And notice, you will only become aware of small opportunities because that's what you're looking for. When right next to the small opportunity might be the biggest opportunity of your lifetime, but you literally won't see it because it's not part of your field of vision. That's how powerful changing the internal is. You can 10 times your business. You can 100 times it. It all starts inside. Mm. And then you build the right systems. Then you hire, you might find that half your team's the wrong team because you were looking through a different lens when you hired them. But maybe they don't have the ability to go higher because they're wanting to settle because it's safer. It feels emotionally safe not to go out there on a limb, so to say. And maybe you've hired people that are so entrenched in emotional safety Mm. that it's just easier to go hire somebody else and fire them than to spend two. I did. I went through this. I, when I was growing a, a company and I was at the helm, I wasted two years. 
I tried to change the team that I had to play bigger. Mm. They did not want to play bigger. At the end of that two years, I had one by one fired every person who was on the original team and hired new people who wanted to play bigger because I realized I couldn't make them want to play big. But if you don't have people on your team that want to play big, you are not going to play big. Mm, that's Yeah, I'm sure that's hitting a few people in the gut right now, right? Yeah. That and, reality. And you know what? It's okay that they leave because they're on a path that will not go where you want your path to go. And they will, I assure you, go find another position someplace else. It's not like they're going to be left out in the cold. They will find another job someplace else. And you will attract into you the people that are on fire to build your company 10 times bigger. And then you'll go do it. But you can't do it with a team that doesn't want to do it. No, so true. And I it sounds like there's two parts to that. There's there's having the the group vision, the company vision, but also hiring people that have the capability of their own vision within that path. Right. Yeah. They they have to want to take the journey. You know, yeah. and I'm doing more work with people that are VC backed and startups and those are people who if if you have the right people on your team, you can grow very very rapidly. Yeah, but if absolutely. you have the wrong team, uh, it's not going to work at all. The team yeah. is very critical. Oh, huge. but the team also has a mindset. Yeah. So there's an individual mindset of the founder or the entrepreneur, but then the team also has a mindset, and you have to be certain that you're constantly doing things that you have a constant growth business, and to have a constant growth business, you've got to have a constant growth mindset going on and a culture that supports people taking risk. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things about growing at a fast speed, if you have, you have to be willing to have plenty of failures happen, yeah. right? You go do something, you do a marketing campaign, and not every, I'm doing that with a client right now, next week and the following week. And I, and I told them I wanted them to know. And they, they asked me, when we finish this two weeks, what comes next? We're going, I said, we're going to evaluate what worked and what didn't, and we're going to do it all over again next month using what we learned. Because that's the only way forward. You you have to be willing to do that. So people who want to live in safety, I'm just telling you right now, safety will never get you big dreams. Mm -mm. Yeah, You have to be willing to go out there and it's okay if you fall. It's okay if you go for a hike and you get a concussion, you know, and you just go, okay, I'm going to use the concussion to think of big dreams while I'm sleeping, which is what I'm doing. I actually tell myself to, you know, think certain things while I sleep because um, when I, when I go to bed at night and, uh, and to find answers, mm. why waste eight hours when right. your mind could mind, your mind's going to be doing something. So you might as well get your mind used to the fact you're going to tell it what you want it to do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you're in charge here. Oh, so true. Couple, I mean, so so much comes to mind. You've covered a lot in that short sequence, but where do you start with people on mindset, right? Even for folks that have done some amount yep. of mindset work, they're usually functioning within still some existing yep. limitations. Where do you start sure. with people? Well, if you if you when you when my book comes out. Uh, it's going to be different because they're, they're going to be 49 factors. Each mm -hmm. There's seven mindsets and each one interact with all the other six. So you, you end up with um, 
41 uh, mindset. So, but the deal is, I start where most mindset books only journey. And that's on the, I don't call it abundance mindset. I call it limitless abundance because I really want to um, make it clear. Everyone at any moment is either living in lack and scarcity as a primary place or they're living in limit abundance. And lack and scarcity is based on fear. But limitless abundance is expansive. And I think the most expansive energy in the universe is love. So you're really living in a world of love. Love for yourself, for others, and the world. And when you get into that place, all of a sudden you start thinking differently. Because that's the world where there's positive thoughts. And that's the world where you see different visions. That's the world where everything is different. And the first uh, chapter of my book begins with me telling people what I'm going to tell you right now throughout, I've thought through the whole history of civilization. And throughout the history of civilization, we've all been told a lie. We've all been told there's not enough. We've Mm -hmm. all been told it's a world of lack. Some people can get the big house. Other people can't. Some people can eat. Other people can't. It's all about lack and scarcity. That's the myth that we've been told. And I believe that we're moving into a different conscious era, a higher conscious era, where the truth is now becoming known, that the truth is that we're living in a world of limitless abundance. And when you wake up in the morning and you think it's a world of limitless abundance, it's like right now I'm looking for high-end clients, but I'm paying Big referral fees. Why? Because I only want a few. And it's better for us to all win together. And mm-hmm. that's a quicker way to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know from many people come to me and they want me to do affiliate marketing and everything. And I have to be honest, I look at the energy I'm going to use up in terms of uh, going out to my, because uh, I can only go out to my list so many times. Right. And then they don't want me to make much money. Or they're selling something that's so inexpensive. It's like, oh, we're going to sell a $249 profit and we'll give you 40%. And I'm going, it's a hundred bucks. I, I, I want to know how do I get 5,000 as my part? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Because I give that kind of money to people. And so generosity is just smart because you're living in a place of limitless abundance. And you're going, yeah, there's plenty. There's no lack. You know, I I think, and I notice it walking down the street, there'll be two restaurants. And one restaurant's thriving and has plenty of staff. And the next restaurant says, only, I'm not joking, only open these hours because we don't have enough staff. And I'm going, what's the difference here? In my way of looking at life, it's mindset. Yeah. One's living in limitless abundance. And so they're full and all their tables have people sitting in them. It's literally true. And the other one has two people, you know, at tables and they're living in scarcity. So guess what? They have scarcity about the people who are coming in as well. Yeah. If you're living in scarcity, it should not shock you. You have no customers (laughs) because you don't actually believe there are any. Mm -hmm. Or you'd have to put all your, this is, this is the old way of thinking, you know, 
marketing programs that I would see 10, 20 years ago, you know, destroy your competition. No, I'm serious. I, you know, it's a lot of, lot of this, you know, 10, 20 years ago. You don't have to destroy your competition. Why don't you see, you know, if maybe you could work together on something. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the signs you see these so often, or I did for quite a long time during the pandemic, um, right? Being short-staffed, like we just can't hire anybody. Nobody wants jobs. And while I understand like when certain locations were subject to lockdowns, but even coming out of that, it's like, no, people want jobs. They just don't want to be shortchanged. They don't want to be paid less than a living wage and no health care, but like that's not workable. And so I think a lot of people are facing choices around, do I believe in my business enough to believe that it can be set up in a way where everybody wins, right? Back to this question. I love the way you put it. Generosity is just smart. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring up a name because this is actually what I saw yesterday in an article. It was about Burger King. So somehow Burger King didn't do very well during the pandemic. Mm. So they're in financial problems, it appears. And so they've decided they're going to allocate $400 million to trying to get the brand revived. But this is how they're going to use the money. I'm quoting from what I read. Now, I can't know if it's true because I'm a lawyer. I don't want to get sued, but this is what I read. $250 million was going to be used, I believe, for marketing and $150 million to spruce up the locations. There was no money allocated for, oh, maybe we would pay people more so they'd be enthusiastic. And I'm just saying, maybe we'd make better food, yeah. right? Nothing was allocated for any of that. This is like, <laughs> well, hopefully we can get a marketing message that people like and we'll make our place look nicer and things will work. And I'm going, somehow, I don't think that's the path to an abundant future because nobody gets to win. Yeah. You know, nobody right. really gets to win in this deal. Mm-mm. Didn't say, oh, we're going to have lower prices. We're going to have better food. Employees will all get paid better. They'll be happier. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing was right. allocated to that. And I think that would make the most difference. Oh, it's, you know, it's so interesting when you start looking at what shows up on the outside of something as a reflection of a mindset issue on the inside, right? Right. Yeah. Where do you see clients as you're working with them, right? Because you do long-term work with clients. Where do you see them taking missteps and needing to make corrections as they kind of explore this new territory? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. And I think it usually comes when they're trying to focus on how quickly they can get to a result. Mm. And I like people to scale fast, but how quickly they can get to a result by not doing the real work. In other words, I call it looking in the Zen mirror. Now, I've lived at a Buddhist monastery, so that's kind of where that kind of comes from, although it's a Tibetan Buddhist monastery. They're not really willing to look at the truth. They don't want to do the real work, and the real work is on them. So if you try to just focus on the externals, then then that's where you're going to fail over the long term. 
So you might get a short-term exponential curve, but it's very hard to get a long-term exponential curve when you haven't done your own work. Mm. And so it it is real work. It's hard work. Yeah. It's being truthful with yourself because if you're having a problem with your teeth, it may not be your teeth. It may be you and how you interact with them because you're the one having the problem with them. But if you're not willing to look at that, you don't have the chance to change whatever it is you're doing. And a lot of people don't want to do that level of work. But yeah. that level of work is what really creates greatness. Yeah. Because that's real growth. Right. Well, and I, I think it can take a lot of um, effort to do the real work, right? And and I think for some people, it's just easier to stay busy doing the things that are the strategies and the tactics and the outside stuff. Which are, let's put a label on it because I think it's important, which are emotionally safe. Mm. it's whether you're willing to become emotionally unsafe, whether you're willing to be in a place of the unknown. So if you're always trying to control everything and you're always trying to know with precision what's going to happen, the truth is you're not on a path that is going to nourish you or anyone else. And it's kind of like my, my concussion. Uh, the day after I was coming back from hiking, which was on a Saturday, I was going to shoot videos. And these were videos for a new uh, funnel. Well, needless to say, the next day, I was not shooting videos. <laughs> nor, nor, <laughs> nor would I have looked very good shooting those videos. So now this uh, coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because it's time to get the funnel out. So we're quote unquote, conventionally three weeks behind, but maybe we're on time. Mm. Because my personal motto is trust perfect timing. So we've decided, well, I still don't look quite good to do these face videos. So what I'm going to do is script, it, script them out. And in a way, it's going to be easier to do them. We've created a new slide. So we made it look really good. Got that done this week. So we wanted to update our slide background and we're going to put these on slides and I'm going to read them. And not only is that going to be different, so it's going to appeal to people differently, but what I had planned to do the three videos on is shifting. So now, now the topics are going to be different than they would have been three weeks before, right? And I trust that what we're coming to is the topics that we're supposed to come to that are in the highest and best interest to everybody who even hears them and also will connect with them on a deeper level. So they go, oh, yeah, I want to click the button under the video and get a 20 minute call with JV, wow. which is our which is our outcome of those so that we can begin a conversation. And all of that's going to be different than it would have been. I think it's going to be what it's supposed to be because the concussion allowed it to rearrange. Mm, yeah. I mean, even in that one story, there's so much around just allowing and something that my brain kept going back to is how, because I know entrepreneurs, I work with the same bunch, right? And I think in general, we could be very impatient. 
right? When you're working yeah. with people and I, I love your phrase, trust, perfect timing, right? How do you move people off of kind of the, the rigor that sometimes we approach things with when we're impatient and we're really trying to get results? Because that I think that's a big challenge, this timing piece. Well, one of my seven mindsets, and it's actually my favorite topic, I've been creating my own version of flow for over 30 years is, uh, and it's a whole chapter in my original book, uh, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference. And and I teach them how to live in flow. And the first step of living in flow is being present. And as I tell people, when I start to teach them to live in flow, I go, here's the deal. I can teach you how to be in control of your entire life. Sounds enticing. And then here's the follow-up line. The paradox is you have to let go of all the control. <laughs> People screaming. And, <laughs> and, and, and you have to allow yourself to surrender. But when you do that, synchronicity abounds all around you. Yeah. And everything unfolds in a higher level than it would have in the way that's right for you and other people. You see the you see the billboard literally uh, and that billboard might be in a magazine it might be in a book it might be on a website but you mm -hmm. see the billboard yeah you see the opportunities you you're walking down a street and you have an urge to turn left and you meet somebody and that person may have the clue to your next step just in a conversation you have mm -hmm. you know i have traveled uh, to 40 countries and in five continents. And most of that travel has been alone. And I'm adventuresome. So I'm out at midnight in big cities. I don't know. I have not, never once had problem, never once been accosted, never once been mugged. None of that mm -hmm. ever happens because I just listen inside and I feel. And when I come up to an intersection, I'll go, oh, go, go right. Or I'm coming down the street and people, like maybe three guys are coming toward me. And I'm going, no, this is dangerous. And I just cross the street. Mm -hmm. I just cross the street, right? This is the same way to run your business. Flow money mindsets. One of the, one of the money mindsets, flow. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the foundation. It's the core of how I live. Yeah. Synchronicity happens yeah. when you're in flow. And it starts by being present. Mm, so important. And and being present, allowing you to listen to that inner voice. So often, even when I have clients that come to me with some big problem, right? I'll ask them, where did you see the red flag and skip it? They know right where the early warning signs were. In almost every instance, they can go back and say, oh yeah, this, this was the issue or this was the early red flag and I ignored it, right? It's... Um, I think so often we talk ourselves out of paying attention to those things, or we just get so busy that we miss them to begin with. Yep. Yeah. So those are some of just some of the secrets of how you can grow a company, you know, to scale fast. Mm. It's, it's starting on the internal and working to the external. Yeah. Not the other way around. So it's mindset leading to strategy and execution. Yeah. 
it's um it's so i mean i i it's just such a profound shift and i agree i think so many people start with the tactics and strategies for folks and i want to be respectful of your time today jv because i know people are like huh i've i know i've got some initial some additional work to do around this topic right and I mean, you've been teaching mindset for years. I know that you are not a newcomer to this space because I know a bit more about your journey. And for folks that are listening, go back and listen to the first episode with JV because you hear a little bit more there as well about JV's journey and how you came to the decision of helping people specifically in the conscious entrepreneur space, you know, and wanting to focus on impact. For folks that want to connect with you, where do you like to connect online? Well, so I'd like to give you a gift. And um, I have nine years of NLP training and Ericksonian hypnosis. So I create hypnotic empowerment audios. And this is a short audio, but it's very, very powerful. It's one of the most, uh, one of the ones that people just love the most. Mm -hmm. And it's called um, Born to Make Millions. Now, I have to warn you. I like to warn people because I want you to know if you're wanting to stay poor or you're not poor, but just want to stay at the same level, this will be a complete waste of your time. In fact, (laughs) worse, it might change your mind and you start being more financially successful. And then you'd probably hate that (laughs) because as one person I met when I was living in Pebble Beach in Pacific Grove, it was the person, a woman who was working in a, you know, in a in a store, a, a gifts kind of store, right? And I told her what I was doing, and I, I was just amazed because I still can remember this, and it was uh, quite a while ago. She goes, "Oh, I wouldn't want to be a millionaire." And I'm thinking, "Why are you working where all these people are millionaires in Pebble Beach?" Right? <laughs> she goes, "It would be such a burden to have to figure out what to do with it." Oh my heavens, right? Yes. I I had that thought. I have to say I'd never occurred to me that anyone would have such a thought. Because <laughs> I was thinking as she told me this, and I was just polite. I didn't say anything. I was thinking not having any money sounds like a burden. Yeah, that's the worst burden. You now, have to figure out which bill to pay. But okay, <laughs> right? You know, that's fine. So, uh, so all joking aside, this is what I would suggest you do. Get the audio. It's at consciousmillionaire.com forward slash make money. Make, it's actually make millions. Yep. Consciousmillionaire.com forward slash, (laughs) there's the concussion, make millions. It's my own audio. Thank God it's already recorded, right, folks? Listen to it in the morning. Listen to it in the evening for 30 days and and then take five minutes um, and journal. And this is what I want you to journal. Every sentence should begin with this. And I just, I journal, I like to journal in five minute increments, gratitude sort of statements. Mm. And I just take my uh, cell phone and I set the timer for five minutes so I don't have to pay any attention to that. And when it, whenever it rings, then when I finish the next sentence, I'm done. Here it is. I was born to make millions because whatever comes up, because I like butter pecan ice cream. (laughs) You know, I was born to make millions because I like to sail on yachts. Whatever comes up, I was born to make millions because I want to start a massive nonprofit and change the lives of children. 
right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you don't even have to be concerned. It, things will come up. Some of them will maybe seem a little silly, but here's what will be true. At the end of 30 days, you'll have a lot of because statements about why you were born to become a millionaire, right? And born to make millions because they'll all be there. And you're not going to have to necessarily review them because every day you're building a stronger muscle that tells your mind, I was born to make millions. And here's what happens when we get inside ourselves a a new belief system or a new identity or a new possibility statement. The only way to resolve the conflict now with the fact our external doesn't match it. You got it. That's right. Change the external. The external starts to feel wrong. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. How did I end I'm, up with, the, with these people living this life with no money? How yeah, did I, I end I, up here? I, I'm, I'm sitting on a sofa that's 10 years old. What am I doing? You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to a fast food restaurant and calling it dinner rather than going to a nice restaurant. What, something's wrong with this picture. And you're right. There is something wrong with that picture. And when you change the inside, you will start changing the outside. Mm. I really appreciate you having me today. Oh, JB, such a pleasure always to connect with you. I'm so grateful to see you on the healing path and that you were willing to show up and have a round two of our conversation. Um, Yeah, really wishing you the very best in the coming weeks and months and um, look forward to listening. I'll also put a plug in because you have got a couple of mindset shows, right? I think one you said is a seven minute weekly mindset show. So if you're interested, we will share the links to those as well in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. You can pop over and check those out at our show notes page, legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. Look for JV's episode. We would love to see you there. JV, any final thoughts or takeaways for folks that are listening? Yeah. Make a decision today. This is the evangelist in me. (laughs) the evangelical person, I mean, but make a decision today. And if you've already made a decision to become a conscious millionaire, a a millionaire who's making their money, making a difference in the world, that's what that is, right? Mm -hmm. If you already made that decision or you already are at that first million or more, make a decision for what your next big dream will be and go for it. Because I know that if you really want that and you have a big why for it and you're persistent, I know that you can get it. Mm. You have to decide. You have to start with the decision. What's most important to you? What are your priorities? Until you know your priorities, you can't act on them. Yep. I love that. Perfect, perfect ending to this conversation, JV. So appreciate you. I'm sure we're going to have another one at some point. So in the meantime, be well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast. We hope that we've added a little fuel to your tank, some coffee to your cup, and pep in your step to keep you moving forward in your own great adventures. For key takeaways, links to any resources mentioned in today's show and more, see the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please give us some stars and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so others will find us too. 
Keep up the great work you are doing in the world, and we'll see you next week.